Hello and welcome to episode 28 of Entertainment of Excellence, the podcast where we talk about films, TV, all of it. Hi, I'm Ollie. I'm Tom. And I'm Ben. And today we're going to be talking about the 1940 film Fantasia. This will contain spoilers. Alright, um, before Tom gives his synopsis, I'll just quickly say sorry for the technical difficulties for uh, the other stream. Uh, you couldn't hear either Tom or Ollie, so, but uh, it's working now, so we're grooving. Yes. Another failed the... intro to add to the list. <laughs> we... I'd be given the task of giving a plot synopsis for a film with no plot. Thank you very Again. much. Again. <laughs> um, so it's basically just a collection of eight musical pieces set to uh, 2D hand-drawn animation. Disney's classic style from the 40s so as he said there were um there were three different types uh, what did he say that i can't remember the exact wording but he said there were three different types there was music that was written uh specifically to have a story so those ones were quite easy to animate um then there were some that had that weren't intentionally a story but you could quite easily get specific scenes from and then there were some pieces where they just decided to animate whatever the heck they wanted to, like just however they interpreted it. So there wasn't really a plot; it was just visuals and stuff. So that was the kind of uh, basis of it. So if we jump right in, should we jump right in? I think we should Are jump right okay in. Jumping right in. Oh yeah, yeah sure. Okay, Are we going to break them down? Sure. Oh, before we do so. Just want to quickly oh. say, we've gained another subscriber in the last uh, two hours. So shout out yes. to whoever you are. <laughs> I know Get who you are, but I don't think I'm going to shout you out. I don't. It, it says it says the person's name. It's not someone we know, which is cool. Oh, yes. So thank you for that. <laughs> Celebrating would you subscribe? <laughs> That's the entertainment back to Now let's jump right in. Yeah, let's jump right <laughs> in now. We did say we jump right in, let's actually jump right in. Let's go, let's jump right in. So the first <laughs> right. one. <laughs> the first There's a lot one. of anticipation. Oh, come on, let me do it. Come on, Ollie, we're not jumping right in. <laughs> <laughs> the first one. Wait, can I just say a quick. No, I'm joking. <laughs> the first one is one that doesn't have any kind of plot at all and is purely the visual interpretation by animators uh, of Toccata and Fugue in D minor. Um, so this one is like probably the most uh, trippy, I guess, where it is just like random visuals. So they don't always have kind of form. There's um, bows. You see like violin bows and some strings happen. But uh, I actually really like this one because it's just the animators kind of just because it's their like random interpretation of the music, like whatever comes to their heads, 
like every little piece of animation kind of fits the music like uh the string stings and stuff and the uh falling notes and all that and you can kind of like represent it in whatever random shapes and stuff they put on there and it's all synced up with the music which is pretty impressive seeing as it's hand animated yeah the the syncing throughout the whole thing's amazing given not only would the animators have been tasked with hand drawing and hand animating uh something to a, a score that's been composed uh sorry that's been recorded and then there's also the guy manually turning the the reels in time with the music like it's really really incredible mm-hmm. it's great yeah uh, i mean this first one just to... seems to work even though there's not re- there's not really any reason why it should but you just yeah. feel like everything's got serves a purpose because i it's interesting because it starts off with just actually live action footage of the orchestra isn't actually the orchestra performing it's just um like people from Hollywood musicians that they had and they're just miming along to it so they have to sync that up as well but uh it kind of starts off with that because it because he was describing I can't remember what he's called the guy that like introduces everything but he's saying that at first you kind of focus on the actual orchestra the instruments that they're playing and then you kind of you know have these weird visuals in your head and stuff so it's quite cool. I remember there's a lot of like stars popping up in time to the music, um, and then bows like running up and down, and like every note creates a new bow. And there's one where it goes like quite minor and bombastic. It has like really red, like a load of red lines, and then the higher pitched instruments come in kind of like lava underneath. That was cool. Yeah, yeah. There's also so, quite a big emphasis on like clouds as well in quite yeah. a few of them. Mm. This one has a lot of clouds in. <laughs> it does. Yeah, it does. Um, and it was this one as well. I kind of actually was it this one or the next one? But actually, I'll talk about it in the next one maybe. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, I guess let's move on to the next one then. Given this was the first one that wasn't just trippy visuals, it was like a classic sort of disney style animation with uh fairies and lots of like Mm -hmm. magical things happening with like dancing mushrooms and stuff and all set to tchaikovsky's the nutcracker suite um this was this was like meant to have dancing to it so it definitely works having animated characters dance to it and i think i was gonna say it was this one i first noticed the kind of like sweeping camera motions they somehow do even though it's animation i'm very very impressed yeah yeah kind of like I mean, the visuals all throughout are usually really good uh there's a few gripes <laughs> you have with it, which will which <laughs> i don't know if it actually got worse or if we just kind of because it, it's two hours it, it's fairly long for what it is mm. um We'll talk about that later. So this one, I, I did like the dancing mushrooms. They were cool. And it had, like, all the plant people and stuff. So it was still... It definitely had, like, characters in it. So the fairies and stuff had facial features. But they they kind of had, like, the... You know, like, the dandelion seed people. And yeah, was, yeah. they kept it fairly abstract in this one. I felt like... 
um, it worked best when it's fairly abstract and if it was quite a bombastic score or if you, if it had a lot going on or was really specific in its intention. So the Nutcracker is a ballet, so you know the dancing is very intentional and you can do quite a lot with the visuals there. Uh, so this was one of the ones where the music worked well for the animation. Yeah. Yeah. This was definitely this was... the one where like everything was in time with it. It didn't really follow any sort of story or progression like a couple of the other ones did. It was mostly mm. just the actions of the characters, I guess you could call them, very reliant on the music, which helps which helps create that like immersive atmosphere. And it went to a lot of places, didn't it? It started off with the plants, then there was like the mushrooms, and I think it did more plants. And it was, this one went into fish as well, didn't it? Did it go under the sea, this one? Um, yeah. Yeah. That yeah, that was before yeah, the so... plants, though. Oh, before, sorry. Well, it, it, it goes to a lot of different places. Um, I, I it, So it's quite like... I don't know. It's it's cool. I remember being very impressed with the bubble physics. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. It's hand drawn, so they couldn't simulate any physics. So the bubbles very convincingly wobbled and went upwards. So well done, nineteen forties animators. I'm proud of them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and also right, Tchaikovsky for writing the Nutcracker suite. Yeah. <laughs> God, then I'll even break down the on. next one, okay. the um, most famous one. Yeah, this is definitely the most iconic. It was probably the only one that I recognised. Uh, and it, it's the story of Mickey Mouse, who finds a like magic hat, and he's able to turn this broom stick into a live object, and then he orders it to bring some water in and pour it into like this well, but then it just keeps on doing it. And then he brutally murders it with an axe. <laughs> yeah, which was quite shocking. Yeah. <laughs> I like, think it's quite... He goes yeah. all red as well. He's like, bam, bam, bam. I've seen this before, <laughs> and, and I was still shocked by it, like, watching it. Yeah. And then loads more brooms form, and they keep on doing this act. And then... The wizard comes back and everything ends. Yeah. Yeah. It fixes everything. Mickey Mouse gets booted out the door where he belongs. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's interesting that this is like. I think this one is the most iconic because it's got such. It's few. It's only very few characters, but it kind of strongly follows them because it's got the most story. So that's why it's kind of like the most memorable. But I wouldn't say. It was my favourite one. I think it was, uh, you know, it actually had character moments in, which was a, you know, not many of the other ones do, because it makes sense. Um, and and so I did like it. I don't. I don't think it's. I definitely don't think it's the w worst one. Although I don't know what the worst one is. <laughs> uh, the last and, one. Uh. The last bit of the last one, yeah. Yeah, but... we'll get on to that later. <laughs> yeah. Uh... I guess you could say this is representative of, like, corrupt um, bosses. <laughs> well, not really, <laughs> isn't it? Mickey Mouse's fault. Itself. 
Yeah. Yeah. It, I'd say it's the, criticism the of being lazy and relying on automation. Ooh. The, the, ooh. It, the wizard is was nicknamed Yen Sid by the animators, which is Disney backwards. Uh, That's funny. I, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> so he was based on uh, Walt Disney himself. And this, I think this was actually the first one, I believe, they animated this and put it to the music. But Yeah. So they were, they were originally going to release it as just like a short animation, but then they realized they'd spent too much money. <laughs> so they were like, uh, let's, let's just make a full film then. We've already put a load of money into this. So let's do like seven more. Yeah, and do. also the conductor, uh, Leopold's... Stokowski, I've probably butchered that. He offered to do the music at no cost for the whole film, so I think that was probably also a factor. They were just like, yeah. we've spent a load of money, this guy's offering free music. Hell yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and the, the music is good in this one, and I do like the Broom character. The Broom character is the highlight uh, of all of Fantasia. Indeed. Just a, just Wait, the broom, the broom character or the broom characters? Well, um, I don't know. It depends how you view like hydras and stuff. Because <laughs> after <laughs> Mickey brutally axe murders the broom, yeah, all the different parts of the broom become new brooms that carry more water. That so, was pretty cool, though. Like, the, the parts that were alive had different colours to the, the dead parts of the broom. Yeah, that was really effective. I didn't, was I didn't even know cool. <laughs> it was in because cool. when when the broomstick got brutally axe murdered, um, the whole thing yeah. went sort of grayscale and black and white. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I but then that. when the and broom then, was coming back, yeah, to, life, came back to life, yeah, it was yeah, that was cool. Uh, and this it was actually I think it was the first time that Disney was went to his animators and he was like, guys, I know you won't believe this, but you can color it. Whatever colours you want. <gasps> Ooh. <laughs> because I, I, I only know that, so I'm assuming that previously, if they used like too many colours, it would get too expensive, maybe? Uh, yeah, oh, so yeah, when they made this one into the film, it was because the production cost of The Sorcerer's Apprentice climbed to $125,000. <laughs> Damn. They're like, yeah, let's make this a film. <laughs> Fair enough. So that is Sorcerer's Apprentice. That's it. That's probably one of my favourite ones, to be honest. Oh yeah, I, I, it has just talking about it has made has made it grow on me. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I think watching it, I'm like, this isn't as weird and uh, innovative as the first one. But it is, yeah. it is pretty good. I can imagine definitely a favourite among kids. Yeah. Because yeah. it's quite easy to follow and it's able to tell a story without yeah. using any words, obviously. The others are more sort of and also to do with atmosphere and feeling rather than an actual story. Yeah, and also obviously there's Mickey Mouse as a, a kid's favourite. It's a yeah. bit more yeah. relatable to... A, a bit more easy to digest than, say, like, especially the first one, uh, where it's just uh, trippy visuals, essentially. Or it's quite interesting that they didn't have this one first. Yeah, I guess they, so. 
I mean, yeah. I, I can see why they ended up uh, having the first one first. Yeah, the first but, one yeah. first makes sense. Yeah. But um, so there is sort of the progression of the different types of music and how how they tell different stories or they don't even tell stories, they just create images. Yeah. Yeah. Um, shall we move on to number four? We yeah. should. The Rite of Spring. Ooh. Uh, which which one is? Is this the the dinosaur one? Um. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I think so. Yeah. Okay, because I'm thinking, what one is called the Rite of Spring? Uh, it seems weird. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, so this is kind of like about the formation of like Earth and the first seven creatures. Uh, and I did actually. I, I did really like this one because I was, a, although it did start off a bit slow with the volcanoes, I'm a big fan of uh, a load of red volcanoes with like bombastic drums and strings spurting lava everywhere. That was cool. I did like that uh, and all the reds. And then it kind of goes into these weird like microorganism stuff with the single cells that then turn into strange almost plant-like things that are then eating other cells, which is cool. Uh, so you kind of see, like, process of evolution. There's a bit of mitosis going on. Phagocytosis <laughs> as well. Yeah. So uh, we're very impressed with that. Uh, I, I really liked the the look of this one and the kind of development. But then I, I, I did feel like the first and last bits went on a while, so the volcanoes yeah. and the final part with the dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really think it was an issue at the start. I think mainly in the end. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, the end made more so. Yeah. I don't Um, know if this was the longest one or. I'm pretty sure it was. was Quite long. Yeah. Oh, no, the the third to last, actually. Oh, I guess uh, that was quite long as well. Yeah. Uh, I'll make you up so you can talk about something else. Um, well, so it's, I guess, something that I ended up taking the mick out of a lot when we were actually watching it is the, it wasn't the conductor, I don't think, but the the master of ceremonies, the the guy who basically, like, introduces each one, he said it was a, a coldly accurate depiction of what science believes um, was happening during the creation of Earth, and think that was quite interesting because well at the time um obviously it wasn't like fully hardcore fundamentalist christian views but um there wasn't it's like scientific theories and stuff weren't as accepted universally as they are now so it's it was sort of in that intermediate stage um and it was it was kind of interesting to to see that uh, yeah, I saw, I saw some... in the arts as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the I'm just looking at the Wikipedia page like a r- real professional. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I some saw something about like um, uh, like. Controversy with the creationists, which makes sense. 
Yeah, I, I assumed that would. Be. Oh, it, there's a reason it didn't have, um, like, humans in it and the discovery of fire and stuff. That's because to avoid the creationists. Because um, if you notice, it was literally just um, creation of life on Earth, then dinosaurs, but it didn't have any humans. So, yeah. I guess so. So that yeah. they couldn't link it to... Yeah, that makes sense. And so it didn't last an hour. Yeah. No. Uh, but how do people have the top twenty Fantasia segments? What? <laughs> there are only what? eight. <laughs> yeah, but that's isn't that shorter? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how. I can't find the lengths of each like individual one in a nice way anywhere. So it's quite annoying. Hmm. Just know that this one was pretty long. I'm pretty <laughs> sure this one was the longest of the lot. Um. It Especially... didn't feel like the longest, though. No, I it didn't, the, but uh... you did notice time passed quite quickly, because I'd occasionally look at my watch and be like, well, this has been on for 15 minutes? Yeah. Oh, oh, it is the longest one, yes. Uh -huh. I can say this is the longest I'm one. right. <laughs> uh, okay. It's still, still one of the best, I'd say. Yeah, I think it is really I, good. I like these two in a row. Awesome to practice on this one. Yeah. Yeah. I um, think that before the intermission, I preferred. Uh, yeah, I I was gonna say that I mm. preferred it before the intermission, and I I can't tell. I think I think they were better, but I also don't know if I just started to lose interest. For example, with the last one, which we'll talk about later, I think it, it was like. Well, the first half of the last one was really good, but I wasn't kind of concentrating on it as much as I did like the first one, for example. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Let's move on to the intermission. I mean, the intermission is literally just the an intermission. The players like get up and leave and then come back, but it does have soundtrack. Maybe it does second best character. When was He's the such a G. When did the chimes fall over? That, that was when they were oh, coming back, I think. No, that was that was when they were leaving, I believe. Which I can't. I've I've scoured the internet looking to find out if this <laughs> was an accident or not. I think it was an accident. Like no one can. There's nothing anywhere saying it was an accident or it was scripted. Just <laughs> I mean, some people say like it was probably an accident, but I don't know because it was framed so well by the camera when they cut to it. But yeah. they also had to cut to it after it fell over. So I have no idea. Like, it's everyone conducted themselves what? really professionally there and made it look like it was supposed to be there if it was an accident. Especially, as you oh, say, oh, the oh, camera oh. cuts. Yeah. yeah. Like, it would have been one thing if they'd just fallen over in the background and no attention was drawn to it. And everyone would be laughing, but by cutting to yeah. it, it makes it look intentional. So, good work from the cameraman there. And also, uh, obviously, in this part, we have the soundtrack, which is a groovy, I guess, wave, like, um, that makes makes sounds. And there's a bit of fun for two or three minutes when the, the conductor asks him to do the sound of a harp or um, a trumpet. And then, obviously, there's, he does it as the bassoon, and it's really funny because the bottom of the sort of waves start wiggling a lot. It looks really weird. 
Yeah. This is definitely feel... where they demonstrated the best uh, like animation to move because like, even when it was just meant to be still and it was still wobbly, it just makes me realise how much time it took to yeah. hand draw all of this. Because when it was still, it didn't look still. It looked as if it wasn't moving, but it was still, you know, a an object that was animated. As in, yeah. like it moved. I, I think I think that was probably like it was it was fun stuff. I feel like that might have been another thing to sort of keep the kids awake, especially after yeah. having the intermission and before that the dinosaur. Well, after the dinosaur segment, there was a long sort of drawn out part after the dinosaurs had died. Uh, so that was cool. And then, obviously, next up, we have the Pastoral Symphony, um, which sort of... The plot of this one... I guess it sort of had a plot, loosely. Um, it started off with, like, a load of... Well, I guess, camera work, just panning around, um, introducing you to this mythical landscape with centaurs and fauns and um like pegasus pe pegasi pegasuses um and so okay before we go into anything else i think i need to get this off my chest so to speak um the 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 centaurs don't have any nipples the male ones. Okay, I found I found out about this. Okay, <laughs> I, I needed to know why the centaurs didn't have any nipples or did, any did, did like, you like did you like my joke? on their bodies. Did you like my joke? Uh, what was I your did. joke? Get, get this okay, off okay. my chest, so to speak. Oh, need just to draw I attention to it. This. I was too busy. Like, happy <laughs> it's, a with my <laughs> um, it's a joke. Discovery. It's a joke. Basically. The, the male centaurs were actually toned down to appear less intimidating to the audience. So I believe. Oh, because having they, nipples uh... is so intimidating. <laughs> I think it was that because there was like one shot, which. Oh, we forgot to go back and watch of like a centaur that actually had uh, detail on their torso, nipples, and everything. Oh, which true, like, yeah. <gasps> Um, but they weren't really detailed in any way. Like the, even their face just seemed a bit off. Yeah. Uh, also, the female centaurs were originally drawn bare-breasted, but the Hayes office enforcing the motion picture production code insisted that they discreetly hung garlands around the necks. I mean, I'm not surprised about that one. <laughs> mm. But to be fair, uh, there were like completely nude fairies earlier on in the film, so which yeah. didn't have nipples. So obviously, it's fine. This one, I was hoping for more like the Greek gods. I quite enjoyed Zeus just kind of flicking down lightning bolts uh, as if he was bored with the clouds and things like that. I felt like the stuff with the um, unicorns and pegasuses, pegasi, whatever, went on quite a long time. And also the, the centaurs. Although, I think the centaurs at first kind of made sense where they were all like pairing up and there was a vague story. But this one to me felt longer than uh, the Rite of Spring se segment. Uh, I'm not yeah. sure why. And also, they've actually cut out like two shots from this one because there were 
originally some black female centaurs uh, shining the hooves and grooming the tails of white centaurs. <laughs> they cut mm. that out for um, obvious reasons uh, that it could be interpreted in some wow. dodgy ways, which was probably the original intention because, you know, Disney. Yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I quite like the the visuals and like the backgrounds of this were were really nice, and the the color schemes the were really segment. good. The rainbow yeah, because cool. after it, the storm, yeah. there was this huge rainbow, and um, everything was a lot more brightly colored, and everything. I I, I enjoyed that. I didn't. The the sort of plot, I guess, I just didn't find really that engaging it just seemed to drag on a bit um yeah yeah as you said there, there should have been a bit more with the gods they were, yeah, they were cool. the most exciting part they even had a big man morpheus uh mm. who is the main character of the sandman not uh, graphic novels but unfortunately they weren't faithful to the comics which are written 40 years later that's so shame. sad i know <clears throat> uh so the one after this was Dance of the Hours. Yes. Indeed. Um which has like hippos and ostriches and crocodiles and elephants. Uh what lads? This was completed by eleven animators. Um and in this one they actually film people in live action so some ballet dancers to help aid the animation which makes sense because there's quite an intricate ballet sequence with the ostriches early on I remember and uh, they actually used some interesting framing like through the legs of the front ostrich which I quite liked uh, yeah. and then there's some antics that the hippos get up to with balloons um, and oh no the, the elephants do that I can't remember they kind of, the elephants and the hippos kind of blend together and it's not balloons, it's bubbles. I keep saying balloons. Yeah, and I, mean yeah I was confused for a second. <laughs> I, I was even saying it while we were watching it. I was wrecking my memory thinking, yeah, what? Balloons? <laughs> I don't know why I keep saying balloons. Because um, I'm always always a fan of the bubbles in Fantasia. I don't know why, but I'm like, Subscribe bubbles. to give Tom a balloon. <laughs> no bubbles. Come on, Ben. No, what you you're obsessed with balloons. No, I'm obsessed with bubbles. <laughs> One of the elephants. You said bubbles. Okay. Bubble. <laughs> <laughs> I did say that, yeah. But I mean the bubbles look cool. I mean bubbles. Um, yeah, okay. This Are one we... kind of has a vague story where the... Oh, sorry. It's alligators, sorry. Oh, that's they so sad. chase after the hippos and stuff at points. But you just remember the elephants have, like... <laughs> Hairy heads, and it's kind oh, of oh, that was disturbing. I, I'm so <laughs> they, glad they I, got rid of those for future pictures, like Dumbo, especially. Like, it looked, it, it looked indecent. It was awful. <laughs> I don't. Actually, I think Dumbo does have a few hairs. Yeah, but not that. But much. It doesn't have like the the circles. But that could be because I need to look up a picture of Dumbo's mum now. Oh, no. oh, Dumbo's mum wears a hat. There you go. <laughs> they covered up the hair. <laughs> oh no. They were like the, embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah, but to be fair, I don't think they had them in the jungle books. So 
Oh yeah, the Jungle Book exists. <laughs> that's that's my main gripe with this segment. What the, the elephant's heads. hair? I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing because the rest of it was pretty solid. I think this is definitely my favorite Mom's... one of the second half. Yeah, babe. Uh, well, yeah, uh, well, if we split the final into two segments. Yeah, well. Yeah, if you split the final one into two, no. But if you have this final one as a whole, then yeah, definitely. I might have preferred the final one as a whole to this, but I just wasn't paying that much attention to the last one, to be honest. The, the thing <laughs> yeah. that annoyed me the most about this one was probably the lack of balloons. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but this one, actually, we've not talked about this yet. It has a lot of yawning in. Uh, and actually, all of Fantasia seems to have yawning in it. Which is uh, apparently because the animators the liked is, yawning. Yeah. Liked animating yawning. The animators liked animating yawning. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a few times in the dinosaur one where you can't really tell if it's roaring or yawning, but I think, I think <laughs> I, the, the film that they didn't... It, it didn't drag. Like, to say it was over two hours, it, it went by faster than that. I know, obviously, that's hmm. helped by the fact that it's animated it's split into sections and like you're always engaged because of the music but the the amount of yawning just you couldn't help but <laughs> feel tired because of that yeah yeah um also i found out about the chimes okay <laughs> it looks like it was maybe an accident because it was apparently only in the original roadshow version that the chimes are shown falling over but so the one on Disney Plus must be the roadshow version. I don't know, because <laughs> they had like they they had a shorter version released afterwards, and then they it went back up in length when they released the VHS version, and then I think they added like a few minutes somehow for the Disney Plus one. Uh, I'm not sure how that works, but you know. also we forgot to mention the uh, jamming session that the band have. Well, they oh yeah, they they just kind of the intermission. <laughs> they just groove around a bit. Yeah, yeah. why not? It sounds good. But on when the guy comes back, he just got that little look on his face, like stop. <laughs> yeah. Shall we move on to the final section? The most controversial. Ooh. So, uh, it starts off. With the song, uh, Night on the Bald, on Bald Mountain, and it's kind of like, like uh, a massive Satan and um, demons and stuff doing evil things. And it does actually look really cool. This one has, in terms of character design and stuff, I was like, this is epic. This one is really cool. <laughs> uh, so I liked the design of like Satan and the demons and doing cool that stuff and then they're like fought off and things like that it's I, I, re I really liked it I thought it was cool and I yeah. feel like it'd be a hit with kids <laughs> but then it kind of because if you split it into two which it essentially is um, because the, the song changes as well so I guess you could split it into two it changes from Night on Bald Mountain to Ave Maria, and mm. 
sort of the demons all just die and go away and the last sort of four or five minutes of the film is literally just people walking with lights and the background is very pretty it looks very nice but it just it's not that engaging you end up checking your phone and getting bored and then you go oh there's four minutes left of this (laughs) yeah this is the one i felt like um if i was more of like an arty guy then this would be the best one but I'm not <laughs> like I'm sure there's a lot of things to do with hope and it, you could even some people may be like really affected by the, the imagery it, you know it is very it's supposed to be a symbol of hope and it does have uh, some like very religious inspiration but as a contrast to the dinosaur you have one. to be yeah I wouldn't say <laughs> you'd have to be like a Christian to engage with the theme of hope but in terms of me personally i thought uh it was boring yeah (laughs) Yeah. that's not to say it's bad i think the lantern people were cool the music was good but yeah the music was all right the engage with it the the design and the artwork was really good but it just nothing happened it was just sort of five minutes of panning across um, Which was probably its intention, but basically I mean, we're just hating on it for being something that we didn't want it to be. Well, I think it is, <laughs> Even though we're fine with Stalker. Because <laughs> yeah. you're sort of focusing more on the music, because there's not much going on with the visuals. So yeah. in a way, you could compare it to some of the earlier sections. But... I wonder if it was... Um, we only hated it because it was near the end, maybe? Because there were obviously yeah. sections like that as well where not much happens, like the end of the dinosaur one. Maybe if the film had ended yeah. with the dinosaur one, um, you'd have got bored towards the end of that. I don't know. I think maybe we should have actually had an intermission. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Said. <laughs> uh, so, because you can't really complain about the pacing because of what it is. And I think... Yeah. It, it was quite revolutionary when it was made and it was one of the first films to use stereophonic sound and actually used its own uh, sound system which has never been used ever again <laughs> uh, called fan- Fantasound and nice. they because they wanted it to be kind of all engrossing so th- uh, there was a section I remember where Something like zipped off to the left, and the sound also stayed on the left. I was like, "There, we go. there's the stereophonic sounds." <laughs> so, uh, it works well for that. So that technically it's great, and also the use of color and syncing up animation to music. I don't know if, uh, I mean, it's probably quite dubious to try and say it inspired like um, <laughs> Edgar Wright, but <laughs> who knows? Who knows? It's. Edgar Wright it, was just was... a huge Fantasia fanboy. <laughs> yeah. Um, in terms of like the way they let the animators do whatever they wanted and things like that, which probably isn't at all true for later Disney films, but it was. I'd say it's probably quite an um, important work. It's. I mean, it's been selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry because it's culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Yeah. And I think I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah, it's certainly paved sure the way for a lot of 
So what are you saying? Just when you consider like the time it came out and like a lot of the contemporary films and the resources that they work with, I think it's definitely a classic that obviously a lot of people will have grown up with or it like means quite a lot to them. So I can see why. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say I'd enjoyed it as much as maybe some people that watched it when they're younger and like. It's more nostalgic to them, but I can definitely understand that. Mm. Mm. I think it was an enjoyable watch if you enjoy music. You definitely have to like music for it. Uh, yeah. And specifically, not absolutely despise classical music. That would help. <laughs> yeah, um, it would. It would definitely. Help. I, I would. I don't listen to classical music regularly, but uh, I. I enjoy the bits that I hear, I just can't really be bothered to sit down and find where I can listen to, like, sweet... I mean, I, actually, a lot of stuff's on Spotify, but I don't know where to start, really, and then when I do, I'm like, I can't be bothered. <laughs> so having, like, cool visuals to go along with it is definitely helpful as well. Yeah. yeah. I guess another thing that's sort of um, part of the historical context is classical music had always been sort of a sim like a part of the elite and sort of in um yeah. the times when a lot of the great composers were alive um it was very much a, a upper class thing um and there are sort of interpretations which you can have where uh, Walt Disney was trying to bring a uh, sort of classical music to the lower classes and allow it s- like a lot of people, to, a lot more people to enjoy classical music, um, which is quite interesting, and I guess it would work also, very much. Yeah, yeah cool. also like a generational thing, exposing this sort of music to younger audiences that won't necessarily, won't necessarily be aware of it, but it's quite effective in paralleling that with some. Well, some visuals that can be engrossing for younger viewers, but at the same time, you have this very important classical music that it's a good medium of them becoming aware of it. Yeah, and also the fact that they they sort of chose, I guess, the popular pieces of classical music um, that a lot of people have heard, which sort of makes it more accessible to um, younger generations. Given the 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 composer himself. A conductor himself even said that you've probably heard bits of this, you'll probably recognise bits of this. So it's yeah, it's kind of cool to have that more accessible. Yeah. Which is groovy. Mm. What do you think of the... Yeah. Um... Well... Let's boot up the website, entertainmentofexcellence.weebly.com, which you should definitely go and see, because you can sign up to our newsletter there and see our Hall of Fame. And on our Hall of Fame, we've also got the list of all the things we've ever rated, so you can follow along as we try and work out the rating for this movie. Yeah. Um, well, it's hard to compared to a lot of other things because it's just so very different it's 
I guess the, the stuff you could compare it most to would be maybe uh, it couldn't happen here. Um, I guess to a degree, uh, heavy metal. Um, I enjoyed it. I don't think I'd say it's one of my favourite films we've seen. Probably like I'm trying to decide between somewhere in the seven point five to eight range, probably close to seven point five. Hmm. What did I rate the interview? So, uh, oh wait, what did you rate it? I rated it seven point eight. You did. Um, and you were never really here. I rated that a seven point five. I think I'll give it a 7.7. 7. Yeah. Which is the same as uh, I gave Nightcrawler, but it's kind of hard to compare the two. I'm going to say 7.6, so point one below Ben. Shock horror. Oh, that's <gasps> so much! Oh, I hate you. <laughs> Traitor. Because... Uh, I'm going to get hate mail now. On the par with like the interview for me, uh, but just not as good as some of my favorites um, in terms of me enjoying watching it. But I have given it quite a high rating because obviously it is groundbreaking. I really liked the trippy visuals. Uh, it was enjoyable. I kind of like weird visual stuff. It's cool. So that's why I put it so high. What groovy? Yeah, it is yeah. high. It is high. I keep saying I'm thinking like, oh, that's not high, but it is. It's in the top 25% of all films. Go on. <laughs> um, yeah, so I definitely agree that it's like quite revolutionary and groundbreaking in a lot of the animation choices and just... Well, I think you could definitely compare it in a way to the only other animated film we've done, Heavy Metal, but it's definitely a lot better than that. But I probably won't go as high because... Ooh. I don't think I'm really the intended audience of this. Like How dare you not be the traitor? You're gonna bring us. <laughs> gonna bring the so... hate mail on us. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'll give it a ten. Then. So... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna give it a seven point two five. Oh, you're going to the two decimal places. Two DP. Two DP. I don't, I don't like... know. Is it allowed? Well, it depends. What? Is it ever I'm, I'm trying before? to think of the ratings. I don't think. Um, what would make a nice average? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bump it up to a seven point three if you want. But let's have a um, look. Makes it easier. I, I'm trying to see what if it would make any difference. I mean, they're both pretty horrible. It doesn't matter what you pick it seven it makes it seven point five. I'll go seven point three then. How generous. <laughs> nice. So in short we all give it a ten. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um Well, I feel like there's more we could have said, but we've been talking about it for quite a while. I don't it doesn't um, feel like that, does it? Yeah. yeah. It was well, like um, Hollywood. We ran out of time. Except with heavy metal, because... which was another one like this, we've finished like 20 minutes early. 
Which is weird. I think we just ran through the plot of everything, really. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I can't remember. Um, yeah. It's more difficult. Can we speed like up? So I've, got like, I've got like five films I want to talk about. Bloody hell. <laughs> How do you... I was going to say that an episodic well, style is harder to talk, yeah. talk about and give opinions on because you're more focused on like, giving the plot. Mm. Yeah. I guess just one um, thing I, I forgot to say is just the art styles are really good and a lot of the backgrounds are yes. really pretty and stuff. So there you go. Indeed. Quick, quickly before Tom rushes onto the recommendations <laughs> and s leaving behind the, our beloved submission spotlight. Come on, this week we got no submissions. So please send in a submission if you'd like your work of media to be reviewed on the podcast. Could be anything got from... possible submission. We do for next week. So, <gasps> oh, let's hope they don't get their account banned on Twitter and we can't contact <laughs> them anymore. Um, yeah, so if you make anything from like a short film to a, a novel or music or whatever, you can send it in to our website. Um, we can contact us on our website or DM us on Twitter or Instagram or whatever. Um, and we'll devote a 10-minute segment to you. We'll uh, have a look at it. We'll give you some constructive criticism. Um, tell you some nice, positive things as well so you don't quit. And uh, if you're interested in coming on the podcast and talking a bit about um, about it and maybe having a quick conversation with us about it, then we'd love to hear from you. Uh, that doesn't have to be live. We could have that as a pre-recorded segment, so whenever you... Uh, whenever's most convenient for you. So uh, just send in your work. We'd love to hear from you. And yeah, now unfortunately we have to pass the reins to Tom with his five films. <laughs> I'm not sure you recommend. Okay, so I've, I've barely watched one TV show in the last okay. like two weeks. I've been <laughs> self-isolated, so I've I'm had a slack. lot of free time mm -hmm. to revise um, a mock exam. Yeah, but they I also then have half term and they'd be like delayed even Such more a bad student admissions assessment. So I'm I've also not been able to catch up on lessons. Are you revising for the admissions assessment? I'm gonna miss. I am revising for that, yes. I've done many Yeah, sure you are. The five films. Um so talking of the amount of time I spent revising, so five films. Uh I will just quickly go through them. So I watched Taken, which I didn't realise was only ninety minutes. Uh, it is a really good action thriller. Um, it's pretty standard plot nowadays. Uh, but what I did like about it was the pacing. There, there is no scene that doesn't contribute towards the plot, so it's really like fast-paced. You get to hear Liam Neeson say that "I will find you" and "I will kill you" line and all that. So Taken is very fun and very great. Uh, I, I, it's solid. It's good. Um, and then I also rewatched Shaun of the Dead, which last time I watched with these two who uh, complained the whole time about one of the characters. <laughs> was like, Bloody oh, Harry Potter! <laughs> <laughs> Knock his glasses uh, in. And, and it is like two years later. <laughs> is he still annoying? He is still annoying, yeah, but I wasn't <laughs> screaming. <laughs> 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 it's, the dialogue is really funny. It's... It has the great parallel of like showing the start just before the zombies arrive, then just after, and it's kind of small scale. And at the end, it, no spoilers actually, 
but it does really well at being funny and also having kind of like these emotional character moments and some good horror elements. So well done, Shaun of the Dead. Uh, I also watched Drive, which is the is really stylistic, like neon synthwave soundtrack with Ryan Gosling. Uh, it's kind of seen to be an art house action. So if you remember our "You Were Never Really Here" episode, Ooh. it kind of reminds me of that. And that's also it's fairly short. It's an hour and forty minutes, and it's about a stuntman who uh, is also a getaway driver at night. And the protagonist doesn't really say much. It's like really stylistic. The action is like really brutal. Um, I just love the whole aesthetic of it and the visuals. It was really cool. Um, and then I've got final two. Hang on, hang in there. Uh, I watched uh, the forty-year-old virgin, and I'm just—I guess it's just like a good comedy film. It's just—I don't know. It's yeah, good. <laughs> I'd put it in the same vein as The Hangover. Yeah, pretty good. And then the final film I watched. Finally, I've seen Parasite, the uh, best picture winner last year, and I would agree with that. I think it is an amazing film by Bong Joon Ho. Who's done like Oakja, which I've recommended before, and Snowpiercer, um, and it it's actually like, is the dialogue is really funny and the family dynamic is really engaging. I don't want to give away too much, but it kind of jumps through a lot of genres. But I was worried that it would just kind of be one of those arty films that are really boring. But it was really engaging, and uh, and I think you could just kind of show this film to anyone it's not inaccessible uh but the direction is brilliant the performances are brilliant and it has something i've noticed now is that bong joon ho when he writes his scripts uh he kind of the third act is like a lot more dark and visceral than the first two uh which definitely happens in okja i've not actually seen snowpiercer but i've heard i've heard that something similar happens in that as well so you're not like really gonna expect what happens. Don't look up anything about the plot or anything because I didn't, and it really helped. So as long as it being, along with it being like a really gripping story and great characters, um, it's also you know got all the kind of arty metaphorical visual stuff. So if you, you'll notice that stairs kind of represent um, class boundaries, uh, so it's got a lot to say about uh, the lower class in relation to upper classes because it's all about this relationship between a, a wealthier family and a poorer family that live kind of uh, in a semi-basement so they're down some stairs so you can already kind of see the imagery there and it is really good and there I've done all five films yeah wow <laughs> does anyone else have any recommendations or have I taken them all I don't I've been too busy. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, I mean, technically, I could recommend one. I just feel like it's really popular and like people already have seen it. Oh, go on, just say it. All right, I cool. Said taken. Come on. Right. Well, I've been watching the TV show Avatar: The Last Airbender. Um, yes. <laughs> I, I've just finished season one of it, or sorry, book one of it, uh, and yeah, it's. It's like a. It's, it was originally like a kids' show for Nickelodeon, but 
I think absolutely anyone could enjoy it. It's um, mainly comprised of sort of 20 minute episodes, which are all part of like a big overarching plot, but you can just watch in isolation, which is good. So you can just start and stop um, and you're not left with any cliffhangers, which is good if you've got, if you're quite busy or in my case, if you have a lot of mocks um, and it sort of just follows the story of uh, there being four nations with the fire, earth, water um, and air nations and the, each of these have like benders who can just control the elements uh, but the fire nation is attacked and uh, put everything out of balance and only this uh, this gangster called the Avatar can master all four elements <laughs> and he puts he can put everything back into balance but oh, oh no he disappeared for a hundred years and everything went to hell so, um, but he gets found and the story is just like about how he's learning to come to grips with being the Avatar and um, having to take on the responsibility of saving the world and there's also like I could go into loads of detail about there's lots of like character arcs and uh, lots of themes explored, um, which is kind of good because it's uh, it's really engaging for like a more mature audience, but like f even just for kids, it's still obviously really enjoyable because um, they're really really good animation, uh, great fight scenes and uh, an engaging plot. So. Hopefully the second or third season doesn't ruin it, but from what I've seen, it's really no, good, it's, and I'd recommend it. It's still it. really good. Don't worry. <laughs> that is good. Um, yeah. So I'm going to be recommending the new Netflix film, The Trial of the Chicago 7. Oh, I was I was going to watch that, but then I saw Parasite was on Amazon Prime. <laughs> it's actually really good. It's basically about a... Well, it's a very famous trial that that followed the uh, 1968 uh, protest, um, which were partly to do with the like, anti-Vietnam War. And they were led by sort of three main groups, the Black Panther Party, um, a student organisation, and then, well, basically some sort of hippies. I think they might be called the New Left. And, uh, well... The leader of, well, there's two leaders of those. One of them is played by Sasha Baron Cohen. And it's, it, it basically tells the story of the trial, but quite a lot of the time it will concurrently be telling the, well, what actually happened, the riots and the arrests that went ahead. But there's, a, there's also, it's quite interesting because there's conflict between the different groups that are on trial and, uh, where some of them are just trying to make a, a point and go against the establishment. Some are actually fighting for freedom or their own rights. Uh, there's quite a lot of like discrimination against the Black Panther Party, especially. And the judges seem to be very partial and corrupt. And apparently that... Uh, obviously, a lot of the elements are dramatised and embellished, but apparently... Uh, that the the judge in particular was very reminiscent of how he actually was in real life, and well, it was actually directed and written by the person that wrote 
the social network. So, um, which is obviously an episode that we did for the podcast. But I definitely recommend that. Indeed. Cool. Um, right. Well, uh, oh, I was about to say if we're quick, we'll finish right on one hour, but it's 59 minutes, 57 seconds now. So that's it. So. Right, bye. You what? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, I should have I... finished the episode. But... You should have said, all right, see you. Oh, no. Uh, it has been brought to our attention recently that it's not all right, see you. It's all right, see you. <laughs> Oh, so there you go. (laughs) Yeah, let's go. Well, (laughs) it all started many years ago, and by that I mean about four. Save this for the fiftieth episode. Oh yeah, let's do it. I've given you a little (laughs) teaser there. I've said more than I should have. (laughs) Stick around for the fiftieth episode, in which we'll review, (laughs) we'll unleash our all right, see you merch. Anyway, in the meantime, unfortunately we don't have merch, but there are ways you can support us, which means you can follow us on social media, which is at EOVU Podcast for both Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can look at our website, entertainmentofexcellence.weebly.com, sign up to our newsletter there, which I haven't been updating recently, but I've been quite busy. Um where you can find the recommendations master list, giving links to buy or stream all of the things we've recommended, um, and also access to our schedule to see what episodes are coming in the future. Um, like, subscribe, follow us on podcast platforms, leave comments, that would be really useful. Um, and usually I'd say send hate mail, but given this episode we didn't rate it a 10 in the end, I'd say... <laughs> hold it off for one week um yeah, please just yeah just any criticism would be good because uh we're still starting out and we'd love to improve uh and i think well just simply getting the intro right would be a hundred percent improvement from this episode <laughs> <laughs> yeah um thanks for listening all right see you all right all see right, you Alright, see ya. <laughs> yeah, that's what's doing. Maybe maybe every time one of us No, maybe like they just hate one of us and we spoke and stop listening. <laughs> You know, it could be different people.